This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Clash of Rock. It's 534 and Guns N' Roses on Rock 102. Got to have a little patience, uh, I suppose, for the weather. Uh, rain, surprisingly, on and off throughout the day today with a high of about 77. And then uh, tomorrow, I believe it might be, well, it's going to be cloudy with a high of 71. And then we're in for a string of nice days, if you believe this stuff. You got no reason not to believe it, I suppose. Yeah, no, you got every reason not to believe it because it's been raining all summer. Speaking of uh, patient, you're also going to have to be patient the New England Patriots this weekend. They take on the Jets. And after 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott Zolak, brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. So that's coming up a little bit later on this morning. Well, hopefully against the Jets, you won't need too much patience. But who knows? It's well, a new season. The new season and the Jets, believe it or not, are slightly better than the old Jets. Whoa. It's not saying very much. It's just saying slightly better. Mm. It's a... You're splitting hairs, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 5.36, Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. The Bax and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by the Wealth Technology. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.51 and the Talking Heads in Rock 102. So they're saying cloudy with, uh, let's see, a steady light morning rain and then uh, afternoon showers. So pretty much uh, rain all day, on and off, and a high of uh, 76. It is a very muggy, uh, what did I say here? Oh, my God, it says 85 here on my computer. Yeah, no, it's a 64. Yeah, is, yeah. Is that what go. it is on your desktop? Yeah, yeah that's what, uh, what it is on desktop. It's actually a tabletop. Oh, it, I'm just talking about your computer. Your yeah. Desktop. Yeah. 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 Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve LaRock? What do do? Almost nobody knew that Norm MacDonald was battling cancer for the past nine years, but if we were listening, maybe we would have figured it out because he practically admitted it in an interview a few years ago. A clip is going viral on YouTube right now where Norm talks extensively about people having cancer, and he says he doesn't think it's brave for people to go through it publicly. In fact, he calls it the height of narcissism. He, he also said that, you know, people, when people say that a loved one was lost to cancer, he said, you know, I believe that when you die, the cancer dies. So isn't that a draw? <laughs> he also, I'm reading all these articles yesterday. You know, uh, you know, I think about my deathbed a lot. Uh, what do I think about? Well, I, I think I sh- never should have purchased a deathbed in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he calls it the height of narcissism, and he said it's just a way to to garner sympathy for yourself. <laughs> Wonder. I've never heard of anybody. I've never heard of anybody living no, it no, publicly. Yeah, okay. That's out there it. on like radio or television. They also, we talked about that, uh, the uh, roast he did. I never realized this. Um, other comics had said that he was being remembered as one of the most, that rather, being remembered as one of the most brilliant pieces of mm-hmm. comedy ever. Yeah. In uh, in the wake of oh, his yeah. death. Well, they, they were saying that long, long before you know his death. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard interviews where they... To, like every comic that that saw it or was there was like, that was the bravest thing we've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah. Anyone who's intentionally trying to eat it on stage, they you got to give them credit. Is that it was the funniest bit of anti-comedy you'll ever see? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear? Um, I wonder if we could play this after six o'clock because it's perfectly clean. 
Did you ever hear him tell the moth joke on the Conan O'Brien yeah, show? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, why don't we do that? Let's do that after six. All okay. Right. Uh, he adds that it seems uh, much braver to keep it to yourself. He brings up the example of actor Richard Farnsworth, who made a movie called The Straight Story while he was battling cancer. He never told anyone he was sick, not even after he got an Oscar nomination and could have possibly won with the sympathy vote. Eventually, he took his own life before the cancer could, leaving behind a note, a note for loved ones. Norm says, quote, that to me is courageous. Like, you're not being a burden to your family. They know nothing about it. And then poof, you're gone. Wow. I, wow. I agree with that completely. <laughs> I'm sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also talked about uh, not getting too personal in his stand-up, but sticking with things that are universal to everyone. He said, if I had a, sp- a specific ailment, and possibly I do, you don't know. <laughs> I would not talk about it. I hope that I would not discuss it. And he wasn't kidding, because here we are. Uh, this all happened on a podcast with Chris Hardwick in 2016, several several years after Norm was di- diagnosed. He was uh, basically tipping everybody off, and nobody knew it. Well, he was also, though, uh, one of the other articles I read yesterday, and, and I've read his autobiography, um, and, and they point out that he was a prolific liar. But he he was funny as hell. I mean, he would tell stories uh, that he would put himself into that he was never in. <laughs> and, and the way he would tell the stories made you just believe that everything he said was true. Right. <laughs> Not that anybody was actually watching the Seth Meyers show. Yeah. But there was a video of uh, Seth Meyers the other night on his show talking about Norm. And he said, that, you know, like there were a couple of jokes that he told that were never on stage. It was, you know, just amongst other other comics at Saturday Night Live, and one of the one of the jokes was, and it's so freaking dark. He had, you know, he had just uh, had his first baby, mm-hmm. and somebody asked Norm, "So, uh, you know, how's fatherhood been uh, so far?" And his reaction was, "Well, so far, so good. No abductions." <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yes, he was. Uh, like it or not, this is the world we live in right now. The internet has spent several days talking about Nicki Minaj's cousin friend back in Trinidad. Mm. Wow. Trinidad and Tobago. Apparently we've we've run out of stuff on the internet. Meaning he's Trinidadian and Toboggan. Well, uh... Did you did you know what she wrote on Twitter? And I saw something about yeah, COVID. She, she said, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married, and now the girl has called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision and not bullied. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I, I've had the, uh, I don't know how you guys are. I, I had the uh, vaccine. My testicles are fantastic. My testicles were always swollen. I don't know what the, right. I didn't need a vaccine to make them bigger. I'm waiting for the complaints to start rolling in. It all seems uh, like such a silly joke. Like personal complaints yeah, or like listicles. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. But health officials in Trinidad and Tobago took it seriously. They even investigated this insanity, and they're uh, not sure the guy even exists. Mm. The country's health minister actually held a press conference to say that they found no reports of men getting supersized junk from the vaccine. Well, I mean, you kind of said her quote a few minutes ago. Was she claiming to be, have like heard this third hand? Yeah, she's like my. She said my cousin in Trinidad. Right, but I thought yeah. she said somebody else told me my cousin in Trinidad. No. Had, okay. No. All right. She was. So make, she's make one it. removed. Yes. He added, uh, "Quote: uh, 
what was sad about this was that we wasted our time yesterday trying to track down because we take all of these claims very seriously. Mm. And the, uh, what was it, New Zealand, for their health department, put up a uh, poster uh, that says, things that COVID, uh, symptoms you will get from COVID-19, and it listed like, you know, runny nose, cough, things like that, things that it will not do, and it just had a picture of her tweet. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just yeah. doesn't do that. We're not going to sit here and waste all of our time talking right. about it. Cristiano Ronaldo was practicing penalty kicks when one sailed over the goal and hit a female stadium employee right in the head. Oh. It knocked her over. Ugh. But apparently she's fine. Uh, Cristiano even gave her a jersey. Wow. Oh, here, I'm sorry for giving you a blast to the head. Uh, yeah. Here, take a shirt. How'd you like my sweaty shirt I've been wearing for the last hour? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want to know. Was it the sweaty shirt that he was uh, practicing penalty kicks in? Probably, or yes. Yeah. Or does he like? Is he like the Rock 102 prize van that drives around with t-shirts yeah. and stuff? Yeah, probably like that. And uh, here's something disturbing. Lizzo was busy having sex during the VMAs on Sunday in a TikTok video. She said, quote, I really want a VMA while I was getting my back blown out last night. I'll be there <laughs> next year. I promise. Her okay. back blown out? Yeah. Hmm. But how is she feeling? Feeling good as hell. That's what I thought you'd yeah. say. And that's Hollywood Trash and Rock 102. I am. Ellie Flyer. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, indulge me for a moment while I talk about something that many of you possibly don't care about. Specifically, I'm talking about the fans of a Major League Baseball team that's almost a 1,000 miles away. Today, I will be talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. According to reports, Milwaukee Brewers left fielder Christian Yellick has purchased 10,000 tickets for an upcoming homestand against the St. Louis Cardinals next week. The Brewers happen to be 12 and a half games in the lead in the National League Central over the Cardinals, and so this series will essentially bury the Cardinals for the remainder of the season. The purpose of this sudden purchase is to distribute these tickets for free as a way of thanking Milwaukee fans. According to a statement released by Christian Yellick, quote, we want to give back in a way that shows how much we appreciate the enthusiasm and the support of the best fans in baseball. Really? The best fans in baseball? I used to be able to walk to that stadium from my apartment. Milwaukee Brewers have the most boring fans in America. I've seen them up close. There's nothing special about those people. Red Sox fans, on the other way, on the other hand, now those people have shown dedication, tenacity, and a boundless loyalty despite 90 years of gut-wrenching heart heartache periodically interrupted with an occasional World Series championship, which took several lifetimes to happen. And yet, Red Sox fans keep coming back at a time when the Red Sox have done everything in their power to dismantle our good-natured and heartfelt enthusiasm. The Milwaukee Brewers are like dry toast. You don't eat it because you love it. You eat it because somebody put it on your plate. Saying that they had the best fans in baseball is like trying to choose your favorite kind of skin lesion. And the Milwaukee Brewers are the cold play of baseball. They're not very interesting, and yet people will stand in line for free tickets. Some people will even pay money for something like that. I don't happen to be one of them. That's because I am a Red Sox fan who much prefers the crappy parking, the uncomfortable seats, the obstructed views, and the exasperating results of many of the final box scores. So you can keep your free tickets for your attractable 
Roof Stadium. I'd much rather pay the outrageous ticket price than be labeled as one of the best fans in baseball. But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Pull up the Rockies September sales flyer on your phone or computer. Loaded with bargains at Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder, Milwaukee Power Tools, Werner Ladders, and plenty more. What's on sale at Rockies? It's always at your fingertips at Rockies.com. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612 and ZZ Top on Rock 102. Uh, let's see. Cloudy today with a steady light morning rain and then a few afternoon showers. So rain all day. A high of 76. It is uh, 66 now in downtown Springfield. So we were talking uh, a little bit there during Hollywood trash about Norm MacDonald and about, uh, you know, he died this week at the age of 61 after, you know, keeping his cancer battle uh, to himself, keeping it private, uh, not uh, talking about it publicly. Nine years Nine. without uh, anybody even disclosing. You know, I didn't even know. I was reading yesterday. He has a son. Um, I didn't know anything about him. It says he leaves behind, I think it said his mother and a son. No uh, no wife, uh, no siblings from the sound of things, or unless, they're, unless they pre-deceased him. But uh, it, it's funny how little I knew about him. Personally, he he really was a private guy. Well, a lot of these guys don't really open up about their personality, I mean, the real life personalities, unless they're using it as material. Right. And he, he he never really did that unless it was a joke, and it was just it wasn't even it wasn't even specifically about actual individuals most no. of the time. They, these what, were just jokes. And that's what I said before. He was also a, like a prolific liar. He wrote a he wrote an autobiography and put himself in all kinds of stories that aren't true, but he was he was known for that and he was funny for it. One of the things I, I read in one of the articles yesterday and it's it's kind of in this joke we're about to play is he had a tendency to speak um like an older man, like an old man. One one of the things I can always remember seeing him because I've saw I've seen him on stage probably four or five times. Is when he would call someone a name, he would refer to them as an odd duck. I just thought <laughs> that's a very strange thing to call someone is an odd duck. The uh, yeah the uh, the Norm Macdonald show. Have you ever seen any of the episodes? Or you know on uh, YouTube, you know, like he'll go into this. He'll have a he'll have a guest on the set. And I'll talk about somebody like either in the news or, or you know, like an historical figure, and, and and talk about all the terrible, awful things that they had done during their <laughs> lifetime, yep. and then punctuate the entire diatribe by saying, in other words, he was a real jerk. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like that was that was the jo- that wanted to be in the joke for like nine minutes of setup, and the, yeah. and, the, and the joke we're about to play now is is really no different. This, no, it's not. This is very much what norm mcdonald used to do this is uh i don't have the the exact uh date on when this happened but this is on the uh from uh from the conan o'brien show it's the norm mcdonald's famous moth joke you ready for this yeah, oh yeah go. Right. now not all your material comes uh from the from the news is that right you know no, you, some you... of my material comes my strongest material comes from real life Real life? Like, for instance, today I was driving in a, a car. Mm-hmm. You were kind enough to bring a car to bring this old chunk of coal here to the studio. <laughs> we send we send cars for our guests, yes. Yeah, so I got in it, and that's, I, you know, I get material that way. So my driver, What do you mean? What, what, how do you get material that way? You get in the car, and what happens? 
uh, my driver tells me a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the driver we sent to pick you up told you a joke. Yeah. And you're going to tell it now on the show. Yeah, that's how I get a lot of my material. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't we just have him on next time? Uh, that guy. <laughs> you, yeah, that guy. No, wait till you hear me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, he goes, uh, uh -huh. he, uh, I say, uh, I'll be the guy. Okay. Uh, a moth, <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office. A moth goes into a podiatrist's office. Right. You are correct. <laughs> a moth goes into a podiatrist's office, mm -hmm. and uh, the podiatrist's office says, what's the problem? And the moth says, what's the problem? Where do I begin, man? He goes, I go to work for uh, Gregory Olinovich, and uh, all day long I work. <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't even know if Gregory Olinovich knows. He only knows that he has power over me, and that seems to bring him happiness. But I don't know. I wake up in a malaise, and I, I walk here and there. And the podiatrist says, oh, yeah? And the moth goes, yes. And he goes, uh, at night, I, I sometimes wake up and I turn to some old lady in my bed that's on my arm, a lady that I once loved, Doc. I, I don't know where to turn to. My youngest, Alexandria, <laughs> she, she fell in the, in, the, in the cold of last year. Mm -hmm. The cold took her down, as it did many of us. <laughs> And my other boy. <laughs> and this is the hardest pill to swallow, Doc. My other boy, Gregario <laughs> Ivinolitovich. I no longer love him. <laughs> as much as it pains me to say, when I look in his eyes, all I see is the same cowardice that I that I catch when I take a glimpse of my own face in the mirror. <laughs> if only the cowardice was stronger, then perhaps... <laughs> perhaps I could bring myself to reach over to that cocked and loaded gun that lays on the bedside behind me. <laughs> and in this hellish facade once How long a all, drive was this? <laughs> do you live in the valley? Where do you live? Please, sorry. He says, Doc, <laughs> sometimes I feel like a spider, even though I'm a moth, just barely hanging onto my web with an everlasting fire underneath me. I'm not feeling good. And so the, moth, the, the doctor says, Moth, man, you're troubled. But you should be seeing a psychiatrist. Why on earth did you come here? And then the ma said, because the light was on. <laughs> My congratulations to anyone who stuck it through to the end. <laughs> Oh man! Great. That that was uh, that was a fantastic joke. But it's just, <laughs> of course, it's the way he tells it.
And again, you know, we we talked about this yesterday, and even when we replayed the interview with the uh, with Norm yesterday morning, if you ever have a chance to to sit back and watch the Bob Saget roast, uh, <clears throat> unbelievable. Unbelievably bad, but genius performance by Norm. That was very funny. It's 620 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's 624 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. So uh, other other things to talk about a little bit later on. You're going to need to wear a mask at the Big E. And uh, somehow, some way, two members of the uh, trial court found their way to Western Massachusetts yesterday and actually went into the building. Did they come out? No, they died. No, they did not. No, but that would not. be pretty ironic. Yeah, well, that would it would that would be pretty quick acting. Yeah, but uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk about those two things as well as uh, Zolak. Is that right? Yep, Scott Zolak coming up after uh, eight o'clock. Brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. We're going to talk about uh, the Patriots uh, week one, week two. What's going on with the team? And again, like I said, coming up after eight o'clock. So let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai, Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. All right, this isn't going to be about a moth in a podiatrist's office, No, right? no, but it, right. is, uh, it is going to be about a girl, a girl named uh, Alexandria. <laughs> no. um, and, and her brother named Gustavo? No, her brother's name was Gregorio. Oh, Gregorio. Uh, right, yes. Ilinovich, which was the same name of the man he worked for. <laughs> That's the funnier part of the joke is he gets lost in it. He tells you the name of his daughter, mm-hmm. and then he says, and my other son, <laughs> when he didn't even already establish one yet, and the son's name is the same as the man he works for. <laughs> What are the odds? I know. It, it, it's hard to imagine. Anyway, tell a much uh, less funny joke. So, uh, Jenny, uh, she's a knockout, right? Right. But she's also virtually brainless. So, uh, fortunately, this was no drawback as far as Jack's plans for the evening were concerned. And uh, he was delighted when she agreed to come to his apartment for a late-night cocktail. So, as he's uh, in the kitchen preparing the drinks, full of anticipation... She's exploring the apartment, stopping now and then to examine a painting or uh, a book title she doesn't quite understand. And and then finally, she just stops dead uh, right in front of the fireplace. And uh, she says to Jack, uh, pointing to a carved wooden object lying on the mantel, she says, what on earth is that? And uh, and Jack said, oh, that's uh, that's an African uh, fertility right symbol. It's a It's a phallic symbol. And, okay. Jen, and Jenny goes, oh, boy, I'd hate to tell you what it looks like. <laughs> she's brainless and doesn't know a phallus what that is supposed that is. to look like a penis. <laughs> oh, that's what it looks like? <laughs> Booyah! It's 631 with Bax and O'Brien Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Bank ESB. Earn cash rewards when you open a free checking account with Bank ESB. Visit your local branch or bankesb.com to open an account today. Bank ESB, unlock your potential. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. In a unanimous, unanimous decision, the West Springfield Board of Health voted on Wednesday to implement an indoor mask mandate for the entire city two days before the Big E. The indoor mask mandate goes into effect tomorrow. This means anyone who visits uh, any indoor setting in West Springfield must wear a mask regardless of their vaccination status. But not necessarily today. And by the way, I think I was wrong uh, a couple of weeks ago about something. 
it, it appears as though that um, pre-taste media event is yeah. tonight. It's always the night before. I I, I couldn't remember. The o- cou- the other thing is uh, that's a different. That's for the fair foods. Okay. This is this. Remember, uh, we would always talk about how. Oh yeah, these scallops wrapped in bacon tent. Mm-hmm. That they oh, yeah. don't have <laughs> right, you know, right, yeah. Uh, all the foods that they don't serve at the Big E are served at the media party. That's right, and that's tonight, actually. Yeah, because you're not going to feed slop to the no. uh, the people that Please. you want to, to promote you, especially that's, now. Did right. you Did you guys get an invitation? Uh, secondhand. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. You yeah. know, hey, listen. The, all the times that I've went, I've never gotten an invitation. I just showed up. Yeah, you just show up. And he'll, yeah. do you know who I am? And, and they do they do anyway? No, they don't know who I am, but usually. <laughs> well, it's a uh, if you if you are a member of the media, it's um, I'm not saying it's not hard to get into, but um, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I don't know how they choose and pick where they uh, where they're going to send the invitations, because, and I also shouldn't say this because I know I don't have one in the Bax and O'Brien email, but I don't know that I don't have one in my actual mailbox upstairs because I, I haven't looked. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have anything in my mailbox, so okay. I believe they go upstairs to our sales staff. Oh, really? Well, like they, with like, our name on it. Well, it's not. It, no, it's, it's, it's not, not to our I, name. You gotta. You have to. Like, you should uh, take that email and then mm. go on the website mm. and register and let them know that you're coming. Well, I hate to have to miss the event again, but it looks like I'm gonna miss the event again. Yeah, I'm gonna miss the event again. Too. I might go. Really? Well, it's going to be it's going to be it's gonna virtually be, outdoors. And virtually nobody's going to be wearing a mask. Um well, because they're going to be eating. Yeah, and you be. can't you can't uh, you can't catch or yeah. spread the virus mm, when you're yeah. eating. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I, I think I'm uh, I think I'm all good. Uh anyway, the Big E drew more than uh, 1.6 million visitors in 2019. I think I think this is what it's going to do. It, it's you're going to alienate a certain amount of people that they're not going to go because of the mask because of the mask yeah. mandate yeah well that's fine you probably don't need them anyway and it's crunch time at the Big E. vendors are rushing to, to get last minute preparations done as we approach opening day the Big E has already begun producing signs that say masks are required the proposal coming two days before uh the fair is set to begin president and ceo gene mean gene cassidy says he's not surprised by the proposed mandate in fact he probably had these signs all ready to go if not, in fact, handwritten by him. You know, we should find that uh, Mean Gene, the dancing machine music. We should. Mm. And every yeah. time we talk to him or talk about him, play that music. I, yeah. th- I think that's a great idea. West Springfield Mayor Will Reichelt said the increase of cases we've seen over the few weeks from hearing uh, and and after hearing from Bay State, the people they've treated for COVID is increasing. The Board of Health wants to do their due diligence. So mask up, bitches. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Regulators, mask up. What, what is that? It was uh, Regulators by uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you didn't know that. No, that surprisingly, didn't. I didn't. The song's only 30 years old. Mm. Uh, law enforcement will conduct a controlled explosion in Westfield this week. Uh, um, the, what? Where are you reading that from? I got this from... I don't know where that came from. Because uh, I'm reading it here on 22 News... And I thought it said, uh, yeah, Wednesday night. Well, maybe this was from last week. Yeah, it might have, might have been. Well, but it's already over. You know what? We'll just roll right over that one yeah. then, because uh, I don't know. I don't know what the what the real story is. Yeah. 
Uh, two Mass State Police troopers were called to uh, a report of a loose horse roaming near Osalaka Road in Richmond. I know we're Virginia? Reaching. No, Mass. Oh. Massachusetts. Once troopers from the Lee State Barracks located the animal, Trooper John Blanchard used his cruiser to block the horse's possible path of escape towards Swamp Road. Couldn't the horse just jump over the car? He might not be able to jump over it, but couldn't he just go around it? Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the cop is going to position himself to to hit the horse. He's just trying to block his path. Yeah, but sometimes uh, horses are not real bright animals, and uh, they may not realize that you can walk around it. Are you ready for this one? Trooper Cody Titus used his skills learned from his lifelong dream of being a rodeo cowboy to approach oh the animal God. and successfully <laughs> take the horse. Is it, Was there a clown is, in the barrel, too? Is this man's live? This is 22. Oh, really? He yeah. also used the makeshift lasso and treats from his lunch, which included apples and carrots. This guy wanted to be a horse. Yeah. He didn't just want to ride him. He had a lifelong dream of being a rodeo cowboy. He had a pocket full of loose oats. Yeah. So when did you realize you wanted to become a state trooper? Actually, I never wanted to become a state trooper. I always wanted to be a city planner. One day, and, uh, my father. <laughs> one day, my father brought me to the rodeo and said, "Sonny boy, someday all this will be yours." <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't understand why they would write something like that. Because well, he probably said that to them. You know, it's always been my lifelong dream to be a rodeo cowboy. Wink, wink. Just saying, maybe you put that in the story. If that happened to show up in uh, in writing, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily deny it. And make sure it's Trooper Cody Titus. Right. I love riding. <laughs> I love to be a rodeo cowboy. The uh, horse was safely taken into custody by the state police thanks to the efforts of Trooper Titus. Well, there you the go. The rodeo cowboy. Who who then uh, was spotted by one of the uh, American <laughs> Rodeo Association people and approached for a job. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, how about that? That's how you get your exposure. Yeah, exactly. You get that media coverage and then uh, some, some talent scout yeah. from the rodeo you comes don't, and picks you, you up. You don't seem like state trooping is really what you should be doing. No, it's what? not what I want to do. You, sh you look like some state ass whooping is what you should That's be doing. Come and join the rodeo, boy. Have you ever ridden on a real live bull? Yeah. Outside of a bar? <laughs> but, yeah. But he's a state trooper, so he'll say he'll go to the rodeo, but didn't just put oh, in the time. Not show up for it. Yeah, right. right. It's the ultimate no-show job. Ruben uh, Klamer, the inventor of Milton Bradley's popular The Game of Life and uh, Toy Industry Hall of Famer, died Tuesday at his home in La Jolla, California. He was La 99. La, La Jolla. Um, and the inventor of The Game of Life has died? That's yeah. ironic. That's very ironic. It's La Jolla. Uh, no, uh, La Jolla. Wouldn't it be funny if the guy that invented the game Sorry died with no regrets? Imagine if the guy uh, who invented Trouble was uh, a wanted fugitive when he died. He was. He might have been. He could have been. Oh, he would have been buried in a casket that looked very much like a Pop-O-Matic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how he actually came up with the Pop-O-Matic. How? Being locked in prison. Going, how the hell am I going to get out of here one day? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. How, you know, you ever like think of something and then all of a sudden you see a story about it? Uh, yeah, sometimes. The other day I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what if you, how many packets of like, uh, let's say you go to a fast food restaurant. Sure. How many packets of barbecue sauce would make like an entire bottle? It's a good question. So you would never have to buy 
barbecue sauce. I'm thinking about these uh, these extreme cheapskates, you know, when they, when mm -hmm. they sure. do that. Right. So here's a story. Heinz is now selling a ketchup packet roller that gets every last drop of ketchup out of the packet. Well, that doesn't seem too hard to be able to do on your own. And it's small enough to put on a keychain. It's shaped like a ketchup bottle with a slot on the side that you feed the packet through. Then a roller inside squeezes all the ketchup out and spits the empty packet out the other side. Yeah, but you know... Uh, used to have that for toothpaste. Yes. It was like a key. It was a, it was a key, and you, you wind yeah. it up, and it's got like this little zigzag thing at the uh, mm -hmm. as it uh, passes through. But, you know, I, too, have wondered how much wasted ketchup there has been that I was unable to squeeze out of the package. Well, I told you the other day how I went to uh, Theory Wellness in Chicopee, and I bought this uh, THC-infused seltzer. And, you know, when they gave it to me in, in the four-pack, and they said, do you want a bag? And I said, well, what do you mean, do I want a bag? I thought you guys, you know, had to, like, double-pack everything. And he was like, well, no, because, the, you know, the, the lid on the uh, can is one thing, but then there's also another lid that basically holds the ring of four together. So that, that's their secondary lock so mm -hmm. they can put it in a bag. I said, all right, fine. So I bring it home, and uh, I go to open it, and it's, it, I can't describe the tab on top of it, but I, I pry it open with a knife, because I don't have fingernails to get underneath it. And it seems as though that's as far as this tab is going to go back, even though it's only halfway through the tab. And then when you turn the can over, the hole is so small, I, I don't know how to make it bigger. You, you, I've, I have been squeezing this can to get the liquid out of it. And I basically have to squeeze it from the bottom to the top, which is, you know, upside down, so that I can get all the liquid out. Could you use a can opener? Um, I probably, I don't know. I don't know. It's an awfully small uh, can, so I, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, obviously, there's another way to open this. I just don't know what it is, and I can't imagine taking it into the store and asking them to open it because probably not legal didn't this happen to you before with some other cannabis related product yep it was the zipper bag the yes. very first zipper bag i ever had the way the lock was designed i couldn't get it open now is this uh was this bought at the same place no no I bought is, at a different place yeah this is why i don't go into those places because i don't want to do puzzles in order yeah. to get my cannabis i know it, it, i didn't realize how difficult it was going to be and i've drank all four of them now and and every one of them was like that squeezing the can are you supposed to drink all four of them or is oh, that a bit all much? At once oh okay. I, I drank them over the course of uh an hour i would, I would have to see a can to see what you're talking i know about. it's very hard for me to describe describe the lid but it's uh because it's almost like you're describing a capri sun's uh, juice box in a way i know it's since i've never had one of those i don't know well you never had it like like a like a juice box and all of a sudden the juice comes spraying out because you're holding onto the box where you're trying to mm. put that little that little straw inside? No. Nope. Yeah, your box, your your box climaxes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, right it's messy. Face. Right in your face. Right oh, in your boy. face. All over. What was I watching? Pulp all. Hey, pulp flies, baby. Go to. It was a Family Guy clip of uh, Stewie going. Uh, yeah, this is they get along better than peaches and cream. And oh, it, yeah, and I saw that. Peach comes out with all the cream all over the top of the peach. Right. And she's like, are you serious, Gary? I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just so beautiful. <laughs> 
And then she goes, you're so sweet. And she goes, how about a kiss? And he goes, no, 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 no. So how was the seltzer? It was actually, it's actually very good. I mean, uh, you know, the taste of the of the liquid itself is, eh, it's okay. I got uh, mango flavored, but the uh, but the but the buzz is uh, pretty good. I believe it's eighteen percent. I think it's eighteen percent. Eighteen percent THC. Eighteen. Yeah. Damn. I, 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 and you drank all four within an hour? No, I, that was a joke. Uh, I drank them over like four days. Ah, okay. uh, gotcha. I thought they were only like five milligrams. Um, you know, Steve, I could be wrong. It might be. I know there's an eight in there. I don't know if it's eighteen or eight, <laughs> but you were too high to tell. Yeah, yeah, it could be just eight milligrams. Anyway, uh, let's see. Police in Oklahoma City are searching for a man who went to a grocery store on Sunday and defecated in one of the freezers right <sighs> on the Totino's pizza rolls. Oh, oh that's man. not right. He's essing on the pizza rolls. Well, I mean, they do have a similar flavor. I don't know. <laughs> it's not clear why he did it, but the worst part is a customer found it. A woman oh, named boy. Shirley Wright Johnson was shopping with her children. She opened up the freezer to grab some pizza rolls and unfortunately chose the wrong pack. After the guy did his business, he used a pack of them to cover it up. So when she grabbed the one on top, she felt something smushy on her hand. Yeah. When, when it wasn't a dip. When she went, uh, when she saw what was under the bag, she freaked out. Freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then told the store. She says she washed her hands and used bleach to disinfect them. But she and her children could still smell it on their drive home. How did they catch the guy? They haven't. The uh, store oh, oh. offered her some steaks to say, we're sorry. Rump steaks. I was gonna say, I hope it's not. <laughs> but but steaks. Yeah. Uh, make sure you brown this before you. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry yeah, about sorry. that. The uh, store where it happened is a chain called Crest Foods. They uh, checked their security footage and saw the guy was also walking around taking photos of women with his phone. Should be called Crap Foods. They. It's not Applebee's. Hey. They on. posted a shot of him walking out and hope someone can identify him. Well, they got lots of DNA evidence, don't they? You know, once again, though, uh, how are you doing your paperwork? Well, apparently not well enough. Yeah. I, well, I, I just, I don't know how you just yank up your pants and walk out. I, I saw a video uh, again. Uh, thank you, Reddit, for bringing all the lovely things of the world. Into to the your inter- home. To the internet. Yeah. yeah. There was another uh, guy in a liquor store walking up the aisle, looking around. And then pooping, like, in a box of vodka that was on the floor. A full box of vodka? Yeah, it was like a display. Like, mm. a, like, a, like a, it was a special box yeah. that was displaying the vodka. And mm-hmm. he uh, pulled his pants down, went to the bathroom, then pulled his pants up and continued walking as if nothing happened. This is a surveillance video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. I don't understand how, how men do that. <laughs> so this would have been a kettle too? Okay, yeah, it would have been a I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, the drink, <laughs> the Brown Derby. Is that the name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, Pioneer Valley. I just left a big Belvedere for you. Your Val- Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, humid with rain showers. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 6:54 on Rock 102. Kind of a wet day today, rain for most of it, uh, and a high in the 70s. It is uh, what did I say now. 64 in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Zolak is going to be uh, joining us after 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about uh, Patriots football. 
And that's uh, coming up a little bit more than an hour from now. 22 News has, I'm looking to see if it's on their website too. They've got it on TV. An adorable, adorable video of three little bears. They're not, actually not that little. Uh, three bears in a backyard in Westfield. Uh, they're, they're in the pool. They're on the swings. They're using the slide. Is like one bear pushing another bear in the swing? No, uh, no, no. It's a one bear lying on his back under uh, the swing, pushing it. I see. With nobody on it. But it, it's actually kind of funny to watch the three of them playing in the backyard. And I don't know how they did not take. This is one of those uh, one of those uh, plastic portable pools. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how they didn't tear it and destroy it, but um, at least not in the video that they showed. Just adorable. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, bears are are uh, wonderful animals, and uh, but yeah. they can be so playful when they're alone. When you're not scaring the crap out of them, or they're not trying to defend their young, uh, they're just playing. Well, I think they're uh, they are probably more afraid of us than we are of they are. them. They are. But you know, if you corner one or you get too close to the kids, you're gonna get messed up. But right. These these, uh, these three just. You know, laughing it up and having a good time in the backyard. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's uh, we told you. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's like a whole Reddit uh, thing of uh, of bears doing like uh, human type stuff. Really? You know, like going through kitchens and you know, opening cabinets, mm-hmm. and, you know, cooking uh, meatloafs, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, they'll do. I mean, they they. I mean, they're wild animals and and probably very dangerous, but yeah. they're they're not so unlike us in a lot of ways. Well, I would not uh, necessarily believe any of them were cooking a meatloaf. Why not? Who doesn't like a meatloaf? How are they going to turn on the oven? You ever think about that? How are you going to turn on the oven? They got paws. They, they they can't turn turn the dials. Why not? Because they don't have thumbs. Listen, I mean, I I think you could take you know two. Two fingers on your paw and uh-huh. and turn that on just by, you know, either you know, turning the knob or, uh, okay. or pressing the buttons on the display. Uh, all right. Believe it or not, there's important things to talk about. You brought up the bears. I know, but I didn't necessarily expect to talk about them for 20 minutes. It's 6.57. We're back. In field, it is 66 degrees. G's advisor. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as a guy who has worked in the same exact building for the last 26 and a half years, I must tell you that you would need either the jaws of life or a pink slip to pull me out of this place for another job. You've all heard the goofy, the grass is always greener analogy when things are allegedly better somewhere else. Well, none of that is true. Sometimes you're just better off staying put, shutting your mouth, and doing your business like it's something important. That's how I try to delude myself every single day, and it's worked out just fine. The same thing can be said at Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. Meyer, who was the former head coach at Florida and at, ja- and at Ohio State, is in his first season as the head coach at Jacksonville. And yet, despite the fact that he's only coached one game in the NFL so far, apparently there have been rumors that his name is somehow in the mix to replace Clay Helton, who was just fired this week as the head coach at USC. According to Meyer, there is no chance that he would leave this job that he's held for eight months just to go back to coaching at the college level. Yes, his team sucked, 
Yes, his first game was a loss. Yes, he'll be losing lots of other games this season, too. Yes, the team is saddled with all kinds of problems, but the man has coached just one NFL game. And people are already talking about him going to USC for significantly less pay after just one week? Listen, I know that people like to stir the pot and start rumors without any supporting logic, but think about what's being suggested here. Thinking that Urban Meyer is going to leave what is said to be one of the highest paying head coaching jobs in the NFL after losing in week one would cause a credibility vacuum to take place from which he could never recover. And yet, Urban Meyer felt the rumor had swollen to such a large enough degree that he needed to address it publicly five days before their week two matchup against Denver. Does anyone still believe he's about to leave? Apparently somebody does, but that idiot doesn't happen to be Urban Meyer. He's going to need at least until the bye week next month before he starts making other arrangements, but leave this early? Not a chance. But hey, and never my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. A lot of fancy gas grills out there, but if you go to the New York Times, their top two grill picks this, uh, this year are Weber gas grills. Built right, priced right, they don't need to get fancy, just get a Weber. The best deals in gas grills from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, so that's my view from the couch. Springfield's Classic Rock at 7-Eleven and Blue Oyster Cult on Rock 102. Pretty much uh, rain throughout most of the day today. Uh, muggy as well with a high in the 70s. It is, uh, s- excuse me, 70, uh, 64 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Zolak will be on the phone this after 8 o'clock. And then uh, around 845, we'll be talking to Dennis Murphy, who is uh, part of the uh, the William Boyle Scholarship Fund. There's a, uh, there's a road race coming up, uh, the Billy Run 5K. So we'll be talking to him about that. Around 8.45. So, uh, obviously, we've talked many times about how slowly uh, the state can move. And uh, apparently, I don't know if they were walking or why it took so long. But uh, yesterday, Massachusetts Trial Court Chief Justice Paula Carey and the Executive Office of Administration and Finance Secretary Michael Heffernan came to Springfield to take a look at the Roderick Island Courthouse. The very Ireland first courthouse. It's the very first time in Springfield. They've never seen it. They've only heard about it in rumors. I don't know whether it's their first time here, but I don't know why it took them so long to get here this time. Uh, well, local there's, the, of, there's the traffic. Yeah, huh? I was up uh, around Boston yesterday. I got in and out with no problem. Local officials uh, met with them inside the building while protesters staged a rally outside holding signs that said, Mold kills and bring in the wrecking ball. So you had uh, <laughs> you had protesters out there. Meanwhile, uh, Hamden County Sheriff Nick Kochi, who last week announced that he would no longer send inmates to the lockup, uh, he left the meeting yesterday feeling rather frustrated. But he also looked at the work that was done to the holding cells, and he will resume reporting trans uh, transporting inmates rather beginning on Monday. But, Kochi said, they keep saying they're following the science. But science or not, sometimes you got to follow your gut. Something's wrong with that building. They say they're trying to find the answer, but they haven't so far. Well, again, it took them over, what, two weeks just to get here? Yeah. And it's just two of them who showed up? So, I don't, I don't know... Whether, uh, you know, Nick was genuinely just concerned about the cleaning job in the lockup or the overall principle of not using the courthouse any longer. If he's going to return taking uh, inmates there starting on Monday, then 
it appears as though he genuinely is satisfied, I guess, with the cleaning in the lockup. But it is the whole rest of the issue that that seemingly is not being dealt with. You know, twenty two posted uh, like a whole gallery of pictures of the of the place. Uh-huh. You know, different floors. Uh, you know, the lockup. Uh, you know, the garage. I mean, all parts of the building. And you know, there's one part that kind of stands out to me. It's the lockup food storage area. Now, uh, there's a vent on the ceiling, and then there's like it looks like a like a, a ceiling tile, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, you know surrounding the vent, and everything uh, from the vent is is black. Now, it's a food storage room. Yeah, food is stored here. Any restaurant or cafeteria in the state that was this disgusting would have been shut down by the health department. I'm sure they used Tupperware, though. Well, maybe so. And even if you burp it right before you close the lid, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're still fine. putting it in a room in which some sort of uh, mildewy airborne garbage is being spewed all over the area. Yeah. You know, I, I look at these pictures, and I and yeah, I know the, the sheriff is uh, not entirely satisfied with uh, the way the meeting went, but if you're going into this building for the very first time and you're seeing this, I, I got to believe you're going to go back to Boston and say, hey, you know what? There's a pretty good chance that everybody in Springfield that's complaining about this uh, this building has a reason to be complaining. I don't see these people doing that. I don't see this trial court doing that. I, I don't see two members of it. I don't see all the members of it. They, they just don't seem to be in a position to say um, – I mean, they are in the position to say it, but they don't seem to be of the mind to say, you're right, we need to replace this, and in the meantime, we need to come up with a temporary location. But they're not doing that, and now they've seen it. Yeah, I mean, they're not doing that yet. You know, Maybe mm. today they go back and they meet with the other uh, members of the trial court and they discuss this you know, with a little bit more seriousness. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if but, Nick turned around and said he'll start bringing them back on Monday, something tells me it's going to be open day on Monday and every day after that. Well, so. it, it may be, but like he, he said, I mean, it's not addressing any of the issues of this no. building. There's clearly something going on and clearly something, uh, you know, that has been going on for a long, long time. And and, and when you look at this gallery, and there's a, there's quite a lot of pictures here mm. uh, of the of of you know, different parts of, you know, even the victim witness area is gross and, you know, the, the commissioner's room. You look at it and you go, yeah, I don't know if I would, if you know, if I were walking into uh, the, the job for my very first day at work and this is where I was working, yeah. I would never have accepted the job yeah. just because the conditions were so horrible. There's a lot of dumps out there that people unfortunately walk into on the first day and realize, geez, you know what, this might be like this for a very, very long time. <laughs> Uh, in other other local news, uh, 22's got a bunch of these uh, headlines. Uh, Agawam police officer retires after 30 years with the department. Um, first of all, I can I can uh, empathize with what it's like to be somewhere 30 years working, but not necessarily in that job. Um, and the only reason I bring it up actually is because uh, Rick Riccio, who is the officer that's retiring, was uh, one of our instructors at the academy. And for all I know, he might still be doing that job, just even with the retirement. But uh, yesterday was his last day uh, on the job after 30 years. And, uh, man, imagine that. 
what, uh, retiring? 30, no, 30 years. Working 30 years somewhere. Well, I mean, we're, we're already almost 27 years into this. I know so. you are, and I've already been here for 30 years. But, yeah. But, but I, I mean, but I mean I've been a working, real job. Yeah, but I've been working for this company for 30 years. Yeah, but I mean a real job. You know, a, a kind of job where you really got to do things. Well, are you getting a paycheck? Uh, are, are you getting benefits and vacation time? As, as, as it is described in, in the uh, company manual. Well, then this is a job. Yeah. A well. real job in which you are getting paid. Anyway, congratulations, Rick. Yeah. Um, he, he was a funny guy, funny guy at the, at the Academy. Uh, listen, anytime I've seen the police Academy, I laugh oh, and yeah. laugh. Oh yeah. No, he was way funnier than, uh, uh, Steve Gutenberg. Right. Please. You know, you mentioned uh, earlier about, uh, you know, tonight is going to be tonight mm-hmm. is the, uh, is the media party. Yep. I saw these, you know, the story yesterday about the, uh, the, the mask mandate in, in West Springfield. And I know that uh, you know people at the Big E have a tendency to not really care around the, about the people around them, unless it's you know unless you've cut in line to the baked potato, you know, for the baked potato or or uh, or, or, or a cream puff. You know, at that point, then you worry about everybody else. I just I don't know how comfortable I feel about the Big E, and I'm not bad mouthing them. Yeah. I mean, I, I know why they're. Yep. They're trying to, to to move forward with this, and I applaud them for at least you know giving it a shot. But I know a lot of people that are real hesitant about going mm-hmm. because COVID's still out there, yeah. and it, it could you be know, a super spreader event. Yeah, it could be, mm-hmm. and you know it it's not like they are asking for proofs of uh, proof of vaccination. Nope. You know they're just asking you to wear your mask and keep your distance. Well, and that would be great. But if you've ever been to the Big E, you know that. You know, you want to keep your distance from a lot of those people for other reasons besides COVID. Well. But is it really possible to do? And, and is it possible to be walking around that place on a hot day mm. and wear your mask? Well, I, I, there was a comment I saw from somebody. I don't even remember where I saw it now this morning. It must have been on Mass Live. Of somebody saying, you know, look, I, I can understand because it's an indoor mask mandate. If you're inside of a building, well, this person said, if you're inside the state buildings, I can understand it. People are packed so tight together, uh, you need it. If you're in one of those buildings looking at livestock that have, you know, 30-foot ceilings and and there's really not a big crowd in any of the livestock buildings, you know, then then the person said, I could see not wearing it. What I'm, what I'm kind of interested in, and we talked about this in the past, each state house along the Avenue of States is owned by the state it represents. The Massachusetts building is owned by Massachusetts. The Maine building is owned by Maine. And right down the line for all six of those New England buildings. Does a West Springfield Board of Health mandate carry over in buildings that are owned by other states? It's a good question. I, I don't know. I'm going to say probably i'm going to say they're hoping it will and no one will make a stink out of it well, because I, hope- I think legally i don't know that it can be enforced that way but then again it's really not going to be enforced well the enforceability of it is is really the issue isn't it i yeah. mean you're i mean you're right um you know the, the, each one of those buildings has a state police officer in mm-hmm. it but yeah. they're not going to be you know slapping that that uh, apple pie with the with the cheddar cheese on on top of it out of your hands because you're not wearing a mask. Well, they wouldn't anyway because when you're eating, then you're exempt. 
Uh, Which and, is silly because if you're in a um, building that typically ha- you know, has a capacity for 300 what? people and there's 600 people inside waiting for the same piece of pie with the cheese on top. And you, and you go to have a piece of the pie and uh, one of the little flakes comes off because it's so flaky and you, you accidentally inhale it and it makes you start to cough. You go into a coffin jag and you're coughing all over the place and your neck, you, your mask is down around your neck and yeah, now you're coughing yeah. all over everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I hear, what about listen, that? I hear you loud and clear. I, 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 I hear what you got cooking. Yeah, but I know you know. I've talked to a bunch of people, and they kind of are all saying the same thing. It would be great to go. It would be great to be there. They miss the Big E. They love the Big E. But not everybody is comfortable at this particular time yeah. deciding to go. And I can't say I. Blame them. Now, am I saying I'm not going to go? I have no immediate plans to go, but I'm, you know, I'm not so sure. I probably won't. And and I and I'm guessing I would bet that uh, Gene Cassidy. In fact, uh, Steve, see if you can uh, get him on for tomorrow. Um, I, I bet that they are expecting lower numbers than certainly than two years ago. I believe two years ago was the was the record set. Yeah. I think I, you know, I, I obviously, if you didn't have different variants out there, and we had opened up full capacity, I'm willing to bet you that this would be the year they would break records. What if the variant was variant E? <sighs> Imagine that. Yeah, boy, that that Whew. really that would be amazing. That would be wild. But uh, you know, I'm sure that if you know we were opened and all felt safe, it would be the biggest year of the Big E ever. Sure. Which may may and maybe that means next year's Big E is the biggest big E ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it will come back and 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 you're raging with people. But, you know, right now where things are being what they are, I think people are nervous, yep. even with the mask mandate in West Springfield. It'll be interesting to see. It's 724 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. The COVID vaccine is a critical... It's just about 728 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Once again, because of the uh, combination of, of me being a simpleton... And uh, the media not going out of its way to get details. I'm not exactly certain what this means. Uh, the headline this morning on 22 News was Southampton High School will begin remote learning. Now, I believe they said as of today. But here's the thing I don't get. And we were talking about this the other day because they've got a mold issue. They were talking about uh, alternate places, which they still have not chosen yet. Uh, among them, the Hoyoke Mall, Hoyoke uh, Community College. So no movement seemingly there. The movement seems to be now that they will begin remote learning. But here's the part that gets very tricky. The State Department of Education is only going to allow five days of remote learning to count. This is uh, South Hadley, not Southampton, right? Uh, South Hadley. Did I say Southampton? You said Southampton. South Hadley. Uh, they're only going to allow five days to count. How if the school is unusable? I, I mean, I understand the State Department of Education is trying to move away from remote learning. They don't want people to have that choice. This isn't really a choice. This is a necessity. If the building is closed and an alternate location hasn't been chosen, what are your other options? The well, that's. You know, that's the argument because uh, the Department of Education has you know denied their request to go remote. 
and they said, we'll give you a waiver for five days, but everything else has got to be made up. You know, the at the end of the uh, of the school year, which yeah. to me, is, which like we talked about, is either maybe losing February vacation or going to school on Saturdays, right? And your union is going to be fighting like hell to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, so I, you know, I don't know what the uh, what the deal is. I mean, I I realize that you know the state is strongly against going remote again, As but a in a choice, but in an emergency situation, right. when you have a situation like this. You have to do better than a five-day waiver. Yeah. I mean, and, and and then to say you know you'll make up the other couple of weeks after the end of the end of the, the school year. Come on, that's that is not gonna that's not gonna fly. First of all, we don't know that it's gonna be a couple of weeks. This building, I mean, first of all, from the uh, from the way they move out there and make decisions, again, they haven't even chosen an alternate site yet. If it's taken them this long just to do that. How long is it going to take them to get the building reopened? And you're only going to count five days of the remote learning? It, it's bad enough the school system has to come up with almost $800,000 uh, to clean this place up. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. you're talk, That's a major expense for, uh, for the school. And then to take away the ability to do what they have the ability to do for the benefit of the students mm-hmm. and for the teachers. I mean, you know, no, listen— if it's if you're in the classroom or or you are online, that's fine. If you're asking people to do both, that becomes problematic for some for some kids and for some teachers. Do the right thing. Go remote until you are ready to come back. Yeah. And then go back. And allow it, all of it to count. We got news coming up next to Rock 102. September 734 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, receive 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, no interest for a full year. Visit yankeehomeimprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. And, of course, the top story this morning, as you've just talked about, uh, in a unanimous decision, the West Springfield Board of Health voted on Wednesday to implement an indoor mask mandate for the entire city two days before the Big E. The entire city, but not the state buildings that don't belong to them. Well, that's what really. I'm kind of curious about. You know, I uh, I was looking up some numbers at the uh, the New York State Fair because the New York State Fair is pretty comparable as well as far as size and and attendance. Sure. Mm-hmm. To the the Big E, the attendance records from this year versus 2019 are half. Everything is half. Yep. So again, you're gonna same length of days. Right, eighteen days, yeah, yep. and yep. Uh, half the population, and you can see by day which, you know, which one had the most people or whatever. Right, and, but, but, and yeah, this but, was not New York didn't have a half capacity limit at that time. I don't think so. Mm. I think it was, uh, it, but it, but they did have mask mandates. Right, right, but so. I'm wondering if they had capacity limits. I don't know, but you know, you, Gene Cassidy sits on that board of uh, of fairs and festivals. Uh, oh yeah, you know, all internationally. Across, internationally, so he's a big deal. Oh, he's a, he's the biggest of deals, yeah. and and I gotta believe that you know he's very much aware of those statistics, and mm-hmm. is probably expecting he won't he probably won't say this, uh, you know, publicly, but I I assume he's probably expecting half, at yeah, least at maybe. least half, and yeah. I I think that's probably a realistic idea. 
I would say so, and it's probably the best time to go to the Big E because there's not that many people there. So even if even if Billy Idol's charging <laughs> like sixty six and seventy five dollars, that's half of what he would normally and only get. Ha- right, half of the people are going to show up. But you know what's going to happen with Billy? He's going to want more, more, more. Yeah, more what? Yeah, people. No, and I was, more I was money. giving you the chance to do the money, money. Oh, money, money. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not money, even money. It's not even his song. And it's maybe the worst song he ever did. And I thought it was Money, Money. It, it wasn't it, Money, it is Money. Money, Money. Yeah. 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 Here she come now saying Money, Money. Yeah, like if your paycheck were full with Money, Money, you'd be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Mass State Troopers were called to a report of a loose horse roaming near Osalaka Road in Richmond. We're One, doing this again? Yeah, we are doing it again. It's a major story. It's a major story. <laughs> I didn't realize. Once uh, troopers from the Lee State Police Barracks located the animal, Trooper John Blanchard used his cruiser to block the horse's path of possible escape towards Swamp Road. Trooper Cody Titus used his skills to lear- learn from his lifelong dream of being a rodeo cowboy to approach the animal and successfully take custody of the horse. He learned this because of his lifelong dream to be a rodeo cowboy. He probably uh, probably studied how to be a rodeo cowboy. Maybe there's videos on uh, YouTube or something like that. You know, I could have been a rodeo cowboy, mm-hmm. but I chose to serve the people of the state of Massachusetts instead. Biggest mistake of my life. Well, there really is no uh, pension plan yeah. with the rodeo cowboys. There's really well, uh, no... Uh, I bet there's a great 401k. You know, uh, it's a good thing this happened in September. Can you imagine what this would have been like if uh, the temperatures were 40 below? Well, you wouldn't give enough. Yeah. You might be right about that. Do, do we have that clip? Uh, yes, it was we did. There. It was edited. Oh, there. Uh, there that is. would have been perfect timing. Yeah. Oh, right. well. We're going with it. Last show. It's kind of a stretch, wasn't it, for this? Is that why we did the story again? No, I don't think Steve expected that I was going to play this. I'm not sure why we are. Because it's great. That's mm. why. You ever sit in a bar in the 80s and that thing would come on the jukebox? Everybody yeah. in the bar is singing it. That was 30 years ago. I just I just like how they, uh, you know, romanticize this this uh, this hero, if you will. Uh, 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 he's a wrangler. He's and a, a rambler. Mostly a wrangler. But no, you know, well, what's the rest of the line? The wrangler I'm and a wrangler. <laughs> and a, it's a Steve Miller, isn't it? Uh, no, that's, that's a, he's a joker. He's uh, yeah, a smoker. Right. He's a midnight toker. And that is, in fact, Steve Miller. Now it yeah. could be. Well, the horse was safely taken into custody uh, by state police thanks to the efforts of Trooper Titus and his rodeo cowboy knowledge. There you go. More than 90 years after starting, Maine's oldest lobster harvester is still doing it at age 101. Virginia Oliver is the oldest lobster fisher in the state and possibly the oldest one in the world. Oliver still faithfully tends to her 200 traps off Rockland, Maine with her 78-year-old son, Max. She started catching lobsters when she was eight and has no intention to stop. Oliver also says she's concerned about the health of the lobster population, which she said is subject to heavy fishing pressures. Well, she will have a last day at work. She will have a last day. It'll be the day she dies. Maybe. Probably. Uh, but where did you get those lobsters? It was a, I don't remember the line. This is the only reason why I did oh, this. Oh, so yeah, could, I know, but uh, I uh, I wasn't prepared. Oh, I just found this rope and uh, <laughs> up in the water, and I just kept pulling and pulling and pulling, and all of a sudden these lobsters were in the cage. There you go. <laughs> 
A uh, Florida woman who vanished while on a cross-country trip in a converted camper van with her boyfriend is the subject of a nationwide search. Authorities on Wednesday said the boyfriend is a person of interest in the disappearance. That is a shock. The boyfriend uh, is the person of interest. Yeah, because he was the one who came home without her. Right, right. Uh, in the disappearance of 22-year-old Gabrielle Gabby Petito, the boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, uh, drove her van home to Florida alone September 1st and is not cooperating with police. The couple had uh, set out in July in their tram in their van on a trip west. Her family says Petito has not been heard from since late August. Police say she was last in Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park. And here it is. The laundry's been returned. And, folded? Uh, I don't know if it's folded. It better be folded. But he's not cooperating. No, he's going to be hung out to dry, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're hey, going to uh, pin it on him. Speaking of uh, of that uh, of uh, of uh, cooperating, you see the the story about uh, about Alex Murdaugh. We were talking about yeah. that yesterday. Well, it's just about to come on today's show. I haven't seen today's development. Apparently, he's going to turn himself in for what after an alleged suicide plot with a ten million dollar insurance payout. So he's he, a he's a, he, but a, that doesn't necessarily mean he's turning himself in. For you said after an alleged suicide plot, that doesn't necessarily mean he's turning himself in. For the suicide plot. He could be turning himself in for what they believe was the misappropriation of funds of his family's money. They obtained an an arrest warrant, and we're going to charge him a conspiracy to commit insurance fraud. There you go. And uh, Yeah, because he wanted the suicide so that his uh, remaining son would get the money. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy is just... Yeah. It's it's getting thicker and thicker every day. Plans to turn himself in to face charges to uh, in a plot to arrange his own death that ended with the shooter only grazing him in the head. And yet, again, we talked about this yesterday, and I, I haven't heard any further explanation. The friend has been charged with assisted suicide. Not attempted assisted suicide. Assisted suicide. Not what? attempted homicide. Even yeah. though nobody actually died. And, yeah. I, and I know you were asking yesterday about... Uh, now I can't remember her name. Uh, Michelle, the, Michelle, the one Carter. That, uh, Carter. Uh, she was charged with manslaughter. That's right. It wasn't uh, okay. assisted suicide. Right. I couldn't remember what the what the the charge was. Well, we might not have an assisted suicide charge in Massachusetts. They might have one in South Carolina, and that's why they're they're using it. SpaceX's first private flight has streaked into orbit with two contest winners, a healthcare worker and their rich sponsor. It was the first time a spacecraft circled Earth with an all-amateur crew and no professional astronauts. SpaceX's recycled rocket soared Wednesday night from the same Kennedy Space Center pad used by the company's three previous astronaut flights for NASA. But this time, the Dragon capsule aimed for an unusually high orbit, about 100 miles higher than the International Space Station. The Dragon Capsule's two men and two women are looking to spend three days circling the world before splashing down off the coast of Florida. Can you imagine what would happen if a Rock 102 contest winner won this prize? Oh, you just won yourself a trip on SpaceX. Uh, what a, else you got? It'd yeah. also be a debacle. Um, can I have my uh, cousin pick it up? <laughs> pick up the prize at the station? I'm sorry, prizes are not transferable. You must... Claim your prize before 30 days. Yeah, man, but I'm working. I'm working till 5. You guys close at 5. How am I supposed to make it over to East Longmeadow in that time? I just, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this yesterday as this is getting ready to take off. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously NASA had their issues and we've lost uh, astronauts back in the early days of experimentation. This is probably not 
as much of an experimental stage anymore as it, as it was maybe even a year ago. But if if civilians uh, if civilians were being put into outer space and that rocket blew up on the launch pad or or even, you know, during launch, um I, I think you'd see a real setback of this stuff. Sure you would. But if this is not, if not a stop. Yeah, but you know we're at the point now where these people are simply passengers, as yeah. opposed to astronauts, where everybody is on there because they've got a specific job to do. Mm-hmm. But know? I mean, even even after the Challenger uh, destruction, you know, they decided that that was the first time a civilian was ever allowed on on one of the rockets, and uh, with Krista McAuliffe, and they decided at that point. Not again. We're never again going to allow a civilian to go up on one of these rockets. What was Kristen McAuliffe's last word? Uh, no. Uh, I don't know, uh, Steve. Uh, what was it? What, what's this button for? <laughs> what, too soon? Mm-hmm. Uh, come on. All right. Do you know why... Uh, <laughs> No, no. Do you know why Pepsi was the sponsor of NASA? <laughs> no, why? Because they couldn't get seven up. <laughs> Jokes Still funny today. Still funny after Those all this time. Never get old. Much well, they like, do a little bit. Much like Krista McCullough. Oh! Uh, ah. A uh, Maryland man who stabbed a woman in the buttock with a syringe that was later discovered to be filled with semen was sentenced to 10 years in prison last week. Judge Stacy McCormick sentenced 52-year-old Thomas Steeman to 25 <laughs> Steeman years. Steeman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To 25 years in prison, suspending all but 10 years for first-degree assault and five years in prison for second-degree assault. His five-year sentence will run concurrent with his uh, to his 10-year sentence, followed by five years of supervised probation. It was Siemens. It was Steemans Siemens. <laughs> Steemans Seaman truck. Yeah. 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 Steeman, whose address in online court records is in Ohio, entered uh, an Alford plea to first and second degree assault in June, meaning uh, Steeman maintains he is innocent but acknowledges the state has evidence that would likely convict him if the case went to trial. Steeman was caught on video in February of 2020 pulling something out of his pocket and bumping into a woman as she returned a shopping cart to the front of a Churchton, Maryland grocery store. The woman jumps, reacting as if pricked, <laughs> and Steeman returns the item to his pocket. She asked Steeman if he burned her with a cigarette, and, rep- and he replied, yeah, it felt like a bee sting, didn't it, according to the police report. Hmm. In his June plea hearing, prosecutors detailed how Steeman attempted to attack two other women in the grocery store parking lot before he injected an unknown substance into the woman returning her cart. One of the intended victims was a 17-year-old girl who Steeman told to walk ahead of him to enter the grocery store. She later felt something wet hit her in the back of the leg and caused her to look down. Uh, the woman then wiped the substance off her leg. Steeman was ordered to stay away from the grocery store as part of his sentence. Well, that that would uh, seem to indicate then that he, assuming he had a syringe at that time mm-hmm. with, with the 17-year-old, he, that he just you know pushed the plunger and the, the, the Steeman semen came out of it. Uh, but for the woman who said she just felt a jab, I mean, you got to put a needle inside the skin for more than a second in order to push the plunger and mm-hmm. empty the syringe. Right. So, you know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that he injected her with the steam and semen. He, he might have just jabbed her with a needle well, he, that he, was full of that stuff. Yes, but he may not have gotten the full dose in, but he right. even you don't need the full dose. 
to uh, to be infected by someone's steaming steam semen. Steaming semen, yeah. How ironic is it that his last name is Steeman? I know. I know. Yeah. And that he used semen. What was his first name? And what did we find out? He was in the Navy. What was his first name? Uh, Steven? No, it wasn't Steven. No, that's it was, uh No, I can't find it. It yeah. would be interesting if it was Steven, Steven, Steven. It, it's not Steven. It's not Steven. Yeah. Or, right. or if he was in the Navy and had it been a seaman. Had been a seaman. Maybe he was. It could have been. Yeah. He could have been uh, throat yogurt. Uh, yeah, uh, right. Uh, yes, okay. exactly. What? Here we go again. Yeah. What? What do you mean? Here we go again. I mean, it means another line has been jumped. I'm just trying different ways to say, uh, you know, leg nod. I quit. Or human glue. Uh, I quit. Is that what you're trying or to say? Shooting tadpoles uh, at the moon. Uh, okay. <laughs> Little salty egg, egg whites mm-hmm. on the buttered muffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> What uh, else? You want a frosty walrus? No, I want now? more news. You're uh, no, actually, we're done with <laughs> That's news. That's fine. Your <laughs> Valley forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Uh, it is uh, going to be uh, rainy today uh, with a high of uh, 76. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 78. It's 65 in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew. Along uh, Springfield line of no rain, but there's rain completely surrounding us. And it looks like there's more to come. So uh, today, a not very nice day. It is 64 in downtown Springfield. Rock 102's Pro Picks pool is underway at rock102.com. It's your call football. Weekly winners win a $50 gift certificate to Geo's Pizzeria in Hamden. Pizza the way you like it. Overall season winner wins a $500 cash card, which is courtesy of Nor'East Organic Life Hydroponics. You can check your stats or go with your gut and play Rock 102's Pro Picks pool from Nor'East Organic Life Hydroponics at rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. So we were, we were talking about uh, the twist in that South uh, Carolina murder case. There, there's actually another twist, aside from the fact that this guy, Alex Murtaugh, is supposedly going to turn himself in this morning for insurance fraud. Three years ago, the housekeeper for uh, Mr. Murtaugh died in his home. Uh, for some reason, there was no autopsy, and it was... Uh, there was uh, no autopsy, but they also, uh, her death certificate listed it as being natural causes, even though it was a trip and fall. Eventually, her children sued the Murtaugh family for wrongful death and settled for a half million dollars, of which they have not yet received a penny of it. Really? Yeah. But, uh, But yet another death. I mean the other you know the the son who was shot he was in he was in trouble because a friend had been killed in a boating accident I mean it's just it, it's one layer after yeah. another with this this, and, is a, uh, this is a pretty sketchy bunch of folks here yeah so. well and it's a highly respected family who were three decades of the county's district attorneys yeah but you know just because uh you come from uh, you you come from potentially a higher class background of people doesn't mean you're not a dirtbag deep inside. Well, add an oxy addiction and that changes everything. Well, yes, it does uh, Does kind of mix things up a little bit. Uh, Scott Zolak can be joining us in just a couple minutes at 7.57 on Rock 102. Save yourself 30%. Of- Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.10 and ACDC on Rock 102. You know, ACDC is uh, one of the bands they use the music of to pump up the crowd. Yes. At, uh, at the Patriots games in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And I believe Scott Zolak's the guy who runs all that music. 
No, I don't think I don't think that's his job at I all. Think it might be. He's uh, on the phone with us right now. Brought to you by the Leah Auto Group. It's Scott Zolak. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning. What's your producer's name? Steve. Steve, I'm sorry. Steve, I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna come to spring, but I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> um, great song. Great song, ACDC. Not through a phone when you're sitting listening to it for three minutes. Steve, I only need 10 seconds, buddy. I'm ready to go every Thursday morning. I don't know if you're bad or if you're back in black, but repetitively, as I sit in traffic, I just want to take a screwdriver and stick it in my eye. Well, then you give us your number and we'll call you instead. Trust me when I tell you, Scott. It's worse for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try, Try it four times. Always is with the producers. I yeah. know, we rag on ours. No, it's all right. Yeah. Hey, uh, I know the Patriots lost, but I, I think uh, you yeah. have to look at that game with some level of optimism. You know, Mac Jones played a hell of a game in his first time out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they got the. I think they lost that game. Uh, you know, you fumble the way you do as you're you're killing clock. You're trying to look at the clock, and now that clock becomes your enemy. Not the Dolphins. The game's in hand. Um, I thought they had control of that football game. They had it for over an entire quarter of time of possession. Mac Jones hit 76% of his passes. Um, but credit to the Dolphins. They got two long drives. And, uh, yeah, technically we lost that game. So you're kind of torn. Like normally when we used to lose a game like that, over like eight years of me doing a broadcast, <laughs> I wouldn't sleep at night. I'd be sick to my stomach, pissed off, all that stuff. I was okay walking out of there because – we got a quarterback, and we know we got one. For those of us uh, on the outside who have to just decide who do we want to believe Bill Belichick really is, if there's a game like that, if there's a loss, uh, is Bill is Belichick the kind of guy who is he? First of all, is he a screamer, or or does he just go in there and and systematically talk about what happened? Oh, it's a good question. I think I think these ones being around Bill will bug him the most, eat at him the most. They, you know, they start that Monday meeting with the ten worst plays uh, during the football game. Whether you win or lose, whether you win or lose, even when you win forty to ten, Bill has ten negative plays ready to go, and he embarrasses every player in the room. <laughs> That's kind of the way he keeps everybody at bay. But when you get your ass kicked, like they did a couple of years ago, uh, it was the Brady Garoppolo game out in Kansas City. It was like a Monday nighter. Um, Mahomes wasn't even there yet. It was like week four, and we ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. Winning it. Those ones, he tends to let go a little more because that one got away, and hey, you'll have games like that, bury the game ball, and nothing we can do about it. Ones like this where we fumble the effing ball inside the 10, then yeah. we fumble it prior, you know, then we you know we can't we can't stop them in, a, in the fourth quarter with 342 left, three timeouts, and a two-minute warning, and they shove it right down our throat and end the game. Yeah, that's not Patriot football. That's what Bill killed him for. So when you when you played with uh, you know, under Bill Parcells, and yeah. you guys had a bad game, did he do the very same thing? Because I mean, he seemed yep. to be the kind of guy that would love ripping a guy that didn't do his job. He wouldn't talk to you. He make he make you feel worse. Like he'd see him in the hallway and be like, "Hey, coach," he just keep his head down and keep walking. And that's when, oh Jesus, you know, eggshells for five days. You couldn't wait to get to the next game because he made your life so miserable during the week that the game was your escape. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got people, you guys got people like that in your building. We do too, you know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Sure. But when we lose, it doesn't mean half as much. But I, I, I was kind of curious because you mentioned, you know, the 10 worst plays on Monday morning. But I'm talking yep. like Sunday afternoon, 
back in the locker room immediately after game. Does he does he talk to the players or does he wait until that oh, yeah. next day? No, he wait. He talks to him right there. He, 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 you always watch Phil on the sidelines. He takes keeps the pencil behind his ear, yeah, you know, right where his uh, headset is, mm-hmm. and he's got this he's got this folded up piece of paper. He always takes out of his pocket and he jots notes down. So those notes are reminders and sort of his bullet points for uh, what he wants to talk to team talk to the team about either at halftime or after the game. Wow! Like it, this a hole jumped offside. This a hole blocked the guy in the back, <laughs> and it didn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Did did, yeah. did did you ever go through the experience where your your head coach is is having conniptions because the team played so badly, and you just said to yourself, "Oh God, thank goodness I'm Drew Bledsoe's backup." <laughs> like, yeah. Like like none, yeah. none of the focus went to Scott Zolak. It went to Bledsoe right. or somebody else. It was halftime in Pittsburgh, and Parcells picked up a Gatorade, one of those big orange Gatorade jugs, and threw it through a blackboard and broke it. <laughs> yeah, we kind of, we're all kind of jacking around at that time, and uh, that happened, and then like you could hear a pin drop after that. Wow. Yeah, I bet. We, we started winning after that. You know, I got a but for some reason I got I got a group of friends who have uh, season tickets to the Patriots. They've had them for years, as have most people. And, uh, and the intention for Week Four, when uh, when Tom Brady and the Buccaneers come to Foxborough, for some reason these guys are looking to sell their tickets because they know they're going to get a bundle for them. Uh, yeah. I I gotta believe that's a a great ticket to have, even if you only paid season ticket prices. Yeah, if you if you're gonna have face value, you go. Now I understand why people sell them. I I know what the secondary market is it's going for right now. Depending on what level it's on, you know that one game can pay for your entire pack of season tickets. Yeah, um, it could be your last time to see Tom. I uh, so it's sort of that that tears you. You know what? What should I do? Um, I, I don't blame you for selling them. I don't. Mm. I think uh, you know, are you real fans though? Sell them to real fans. Are you selling some? <laughs> I am not. We're doing a ticket giveaway on our show. Oh, well, that's good. Call in. Uh, oh, good. That's that's. Uh, oh, we can call in. Yeah, oh, good. Like, that's even better for Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got the Jets coming up this weekend, and you know, the, by all accounts, even though you know they lost their game too against Carolina, the Jets are better. Um, maybe not yep. substantially better, but they're they're better than they they were. I mean, Zach Wilson appears to be pretty solid kid and you know much like a mac jones there's optimism for the for jets fans which you know i don't think optimism and new york jets have ever been in the same sentence since super bowl three but nevertheless this is not going to be an entirely easy game for either team here no No, i think it's gonna be a slugfest uh, for two quarters and then hopefully we pull away but if we lose this game it's gonna be utter devastation around here just you know Start the game, start the season 0-2 within your own division against those two teams. That's never happened around here before. Don't you? So, th- I, I mean, I like Wilson. I mean, he throws the ball all over the yard. Um, it is going to be still one of those weird games. Why I think it's close. Early games in the year, that's that element of the unknown. So you can't you can only really game plan off one game that you've seen on film. You know, you get a couple games, then you sort of get a, a feel for what tendencies they like to like to do. Don't you think that phrase is going to be used an awful lot this year? Uh, you just said a moment ago. It's something that's never happened. I mean, we, we've got 20 years of of winning and good football with a dynasty. And for all intents and purposes, that that is likely over. So is it 
going to be fair to make comparisons on a weekly basis to the last 20 years? Um, it really isn't because, you know, there'll never be a guy that's going to be the little player have the input in the offense or control or the ability to elevate others around him than Tom. You know, Tom was phenomenal at that. But that even got touch and go at the end because the talent dissipated and he couldn't elevate those guys. And that's one of the reasons I think he left. Um, but you still have Bill and you still have the aura of the staff and they're always well coached. They spend a lot of money. The team is talented. Now, it's, you know, none of these guys played for Bill. It's one game. And I think it's unfair to take a uh, you know, a snapshot of one game and say, okay, this is what it's going to be all year. Injuries happen. Change happens. Um, they'll start game planning to get better. The defense will be a lot better as we move forward. I think I think you're going to see a lot of different things here in, in, in week two. And if they wind up making the same boneheaded mistakes as made in week one, well, then I think you say, well, then you got a real problem here. But I also have to believe that these guys have been, you know, hammered all week long by this coaching staff. And they're not likely oh, yeah. to make those same, uh, you know, mental errors or you know, you know, <laughs> fourth quarter fumbles that you had right. in game one. I, I just, I, I, I can't imagine that a Bill Belichick, Belichick coach team would do the same thing two weeks in a row. No, and I, I know the coach has got to be better too. You got to recognize that Damian Harris tapped out that play before, and he was exhausted because he ran that carry around left end, and we sent Brandon Bolden in for one. Then Harris was back in. That's when he fumbled. They need, they need a little more balance. They need to make sure, hey, we're watching this kid during the game. Can he handle it? Is he too tired? You know, you tend to make mistakes when you get tired. So uh, everybody can be better all around, but I don't expect that kid to ever fumble again. He's too good. Do they actually have plays in, in practice where the sole uh, ob- objective of a particular play is simply to punch the ball out of a guy's hands? Yep. They do. Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll rep that. We'll see a team on film that the corners or the safeties with this guy likes to punch the ball out. Then you put the number jersey on him for scout team, and that guy does it. He becomes a pain in the ass all week. So by the time you get to the game, you're looking for that guy because that guy wants to disrupt things. And, and yeah, yet, absolutely. And yet, would you be willing to give up, uh, uh, say, ten yards of a, of a run? Because you were more focused on punching the ball out of his hands than tackling him. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Look at Lamar Jackson the other night. Lamar's got to run in there and hold the ball way out in one hand, and it gets punched out by the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, get out of bounds, get down, huddle up, play again. Absolutely. Wow. You know, I, I don't want to make too much of this uh, of this you know little side story here, but you know, to me, you wonder, well, what is this kid all about? You know, Mac Jones has handed the game ball. Or, uh, or the or the, uh, the ball after his first uh, touchdown pass, and he refuses it. That now nah, I, I don't need that. And, and you know, you think, okay, well, this is a twenty-two young, twenty-two year old kid. You know, maybe he'd you know want the memento. And then part of me is thinking, yeah. yeah, good for him for saying, oh, there's a hell of a lot more where that came from. You know, that's to me, that's like, that's the sign of a kid who's got a little bit more on the ball than the guy who thinking, well, this is. This is a novel thing. I scored a single touchdown in a football game. He's got more on the ball. He just doesn't have the ball. He just doesn't have the particular ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he got the ball. They tape it up and they give it to him. Horner knows what to do with it. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are making a big deal out of that. I mean, it, it, was, it was one guy who tried to give it to me. He didn't want it. And then he they gave it to him and he gave it to Hoyer. And Hoyer goes, I'll take care of it. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I, but I do like what the kid said. Hey, we lost. It's more to that. We need, we need to score more. I want more. And I don't think that's fake. I think that's the way that kid's wired. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I mean, you 
You see what he did in his first game where, you know, a lot of these kids get real nervous. First time out, you know, different kind of competition than you saw in college. And all of a sudden, yeah. you know, he's he's you know, he's got a two hundred and eighty one yards, not a single mistake, other than he gets sacked once. Well, that may not be his fault. So you know, you gotta give him a lot of credit. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. hopefully this week will be different. It will. You guys got any good apple picking out there? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so much of a hesitation there. That means no. No, that, no, that, it means it we're means... not fruit picking type of guys. Right, right. <laughs> I, oh, I, I did. you guys are hard rock guys. That's a tough guy. Yeah, right. yeah. We're, no, we're just lazy slobs. That's what... <laughs> we, we prefer to do bobbing for apples right off the tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably we're two guys over Neil and Bob. That's yeah, it. That's go. it. Scott Zolak uh, brought to you by the Leo Auto Group. Good, good to talk to you. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, guys. Look forward to it. Have a great Thursday. All right, you too. Day 23 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's just about 826 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. If you missed our uh, interview with uh, Scott Zolak, it'll be uh, available on the, uh, the Bax and O'Brien podcast, which you po- posted uh, later on this morning. You can uh, listen to that through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Spotify, or directly from BaxandO'Brien.com. Also, check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest, Jody Stevens, from the uh, the legendary band uh, Big Star. You can check that out on BaxandO'Brien.com as well. Um, we'll have to do this tomorrow, although it might take us right through the Saturday show as well. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine has released its new list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Um, now, they do say also in this article I'm reading from MSN, the list is misnamed because it's actually uh, the 500 greatest singles, not songs. So, for instance, uh, Mr. Tambourine, which Dylan wrote, shows up twice on this list. Once okay. by him, once by the birds. Also, the same thing for Killing Me Softly with his song. Shows up once for Roberta Flack, once for the Fugees. So which, uh, so which songs were released as singles? Uh Right. Okay. Yeah, right. it's about uh, singles, not songs. And, uh, yeah, and supposedly it's, uh, it's a whole new list. So we'll go through the entire list of 500 oh, good. Uh, tomorrow and probably into Saturday. Uh, terrific, because I, I, uh, I love a good list. Yeah, who, uh, who doesn't love a good list? <laughs> no kidding. It's 827. We have news next to Rock 102. 830 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Adam Quinneville Roofing. Roofing, siding, roof shampoo, and more. Log on, on, log on to 1-800-NEW-ROOF.NET today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. In a unanimous decision, the West Springfield Board of Health voted on Wednesday to implement an indoor mask mandate for the entire city just two days before the Big E. Yep. The indoor mask mandate goes into effect tomorrow, which uh, means anyone who visits indoor settings in West Springfield must wear a mask regardless of their vaccination status. The Big E drew more than 1.6 million visitors in 2019. On Wednesday, the West Springfield Board of Health met to determine whether masks should be mandated. Uh, and uh, most people, from what uh, 22 News has heard, agree with the proposal. Well, you know, you still you wonder for an event like this, and as you said last hour, it, it does have the potential to be a, a super spreader event. And to institute something like this two days before it begins, you wonder... Is there going to be, then, a, a concerted effort to try to enforce this? And I don't simply mean by having Big E employees walking around saying to people, 
Uh, would you please pull your mask up? Could you please pull your mask up? Could you put that over your nose? Right, right. I'm talking about, you know, are there are there going to be tickets given? Are people going to get a warning? And then if it happens a second time, they're going to be asked to leave? Um, or is this just one of the, uh, you know, like so many of them, it's just a formality? Well, how, how are they uh, policing it citywide in other areas? I don't know, well, but I don't think it matters. But That's it, what I mean. I think it would be special attention on the Big E. Yeah, I, but I don't even know if it's so much about enforcement. I think what you're going to see is a lot of signage, people saying that uh, you know you must wear your mask. But I don't think there's going to be anybody at the door saying, no, you get out because you're not wearing a mask. I mean, in like you know towns like uh, Northampton or whatever, you walk into the business, and if you don't have the mask on, they can tell you to leave. Right. It's just, yes. sure. just but, I don't, but I don't know how much of a confrontation you're going to get. That's why I'm curious that's because right. I mean, you do have a lot of different types of security on the grounds of the Big E. There's the West Springfield Police. There's the Special Police. There's the Big E Security. There's the extra special police. Yeah. yeah. I would, there's I would, the not so special police. I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, an exorbitant number of Karens out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Correcting those who are not wearing their masks. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you saw a bunch of uh, Karens from the other side uh, saying, "I'm not wearing this mask inside at all." Anti Karens. Anti Karens. Yeah. yeah. You see the video? Uh, well, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram. Some woman's in a grocery store. I think it was like at a Whole Foods, and she's uh, you know pushing her cart around. She's not wearing a mask, and she's intentionally coughing no. all over the no. store. No. Yeah. And the woman wound up losing her job. I mean, her boss saw this video and said, get out. And, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, people say, well, you know, she's got a right. No, no, she doesn't have a right to act like a jerk. That's the thing I always wonder about every time I see a video of someone being a jerk, whether they're drunk on a plane or they're acting up in a store, is do their employers see that and take any kind of action against them? And I love hearing stories where somebody gets fired for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this well, is this is one of those situations yeah. where someone said, "No, we don't. I don't want someone like you in my place of business." Yeah. It's get like out. the it's like the original one, the one who was, you know, the guy, the African American guy walking his dog through Central Park, and the white woman, uh, you know, turns it into a racial thing. Yep. And she not not only lost her job, I mean, she basically got blacklisted. Yeah, yeah she that's can't get ha- hired anywhere else. That's what happens when you uh, when you do stuff and people record it and put it up on the internet. Yeah, yeah. everybody can see it. The uh, victim of a hit and run accident on uh, Monday in Waitley is expected to make a full recovery. The man was hit while walking his dog, allegedly by a gray SUV near the intersection of Routes Five and Ten in Christian Lane. Waitley police say they are uh, pouring over surveillance video in an effort to determine what happened. They are also looking into whether there was some type of prior altercation, which may have led to the incident, but no further details are being released at this time. Prior altercation, huh? Mm, something must have happened. So uh, mm. uh, what about the dog? Did the dog, uh, is the dog okay? The dog was fine. Well, what do you mean? The dog is not fine. What, what do you mean by uh, the dog is fine? Well, it was the man that got hit. The no, dog I know, but can you imagine if you're walking your dog and you get hit and you get injured? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, there's a possibility the dog might run away being scared. I'll, uh, I'll tell you what would happen if, if uh, this happened to me. Mm. My dog 
would leave me wherever I was, mm-hmm. run back to the house, knock over the trash can, and enjoy whatever was inside of there, <laughs> and never call for help. And never even dial 911. No, 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 no. Well, yeah. I can't dial with the pulse. Right, it, right. It but he could, out. you know, Alexa or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even do that? <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, that would be uh, quite... The predicament to be yeah, in. I wonder about that sometimes. I mean, my mind just goes into all kinds of different places on occasion. I, I don't know why I was like thinking about, boy, what, what what would happen right now? This would have been one time when I would have been walking Maggie. If uh, all of a sudden I get surrounded by uh, cops on four sides and they all come out yelling, uh, you know, uh, hit the ground or whatever, and guns are drawn and, uh, and then I have to be taken into custody. You know, you do see... Excuse me. Every every once in a while, you see a horrible story about the police raiding a home mm-hmm. and shooting the family dog. You know, claiming it uh, it it lunged at them or they felt in fear of it when it was really just a Labrador laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of wonder. I mean, you know, can can somebody please take my look? I get it. I I know I'm under arrest, but can somebody take my dog home? And I think what they would mm-hmm. usually do is they would call animal control and then just have them come out they're not going to finish the walk for you no no they won't even if the dog really has to go yeah no uh, cops can be jerks like that and then a dog would be like i was just about to take a deuce here on the sidewalk and you are taking me in a truck well just as well because the cop didn't have a bag to pick it up with anyway an in-person job fair will be held at the Hampshire Mall on September 22nd from 11 to 4. Are there any jobs available in the Hampshire Mall? There's uh, thousands of them. Yes. <laughs> are, there any, are there anyone hiring in the, in the Hampshire Mall? But it's not for the mall. It's for all these other businesses that don't even have a place at the mall. Ah. They're just using the mall. Well, Be- I mean, the, they're, they're giving no- the mall a reason to have people come into it. Hey, co- did you know this mall was here? No. I just thought it was an empty build. Come on in. Let's, uh, let me show you how empty this place is. I thought this was just a job fair venue. <laughs> yeah, it just I thought it was funny that they, they're having a job fair that doesn't even include any of the businesses no. located within that very mall. Of course not. No. It's almost as if the building was meant for social distancing. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for solitude, that's a great place to go. Yeah. Well, uh, wow, you got protected. Uh what, what have you been doing this entire time? Oh, I took up uh, camp at the Hampshire Mall. Oh. oh, that's why you don't have to worry about anything. It's like being on a deserted island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> General Motors is advising some Chevrolet Bolt owners not to park their electric cars within 50 feet of other vehicles to reduce the risk of a potential fire spreading to nearby cars and trucks. That's comforting. Mm-hmm. Not to park it within 50 feet? Yeah. The, I got a two-car garage, and I'm putting the car in one of them. Yeah, you're not supposed to put it in the garage. The warning follows the uh, automakers recalling more than 140,000 of the electric vehicles produced since 2016 due to the risk of batteries spontaneously catching fire from two rare man- manufacturing defects. What do you mean I'm not supposed to put it in the garage? You, they're telling you not to park it in a garage. That's where my charger is. You're not su- And you're not supposed to charge it unattended. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is basically telling you that you cannot put your car mm. anywhere in the world. Why don't you just give me a tanker truck to drive around and a box of matches? In an effort to reduce potential damage to structures and nearby vehicles in the rare event of a potential fire, we recommend parking on the top floor of an open-air deck and park 50 feet or more away from another vehicle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Sure. That's top like floor of an of a parking garage. And where are the <laughs> other bolts supposed to park? Remember years ago when we interviewed the guy who was uh, par- he was pr- uh, hawking that drug. Um, I think it's Ally. Is yeah, it's a weight so. loss drug. Right. Yeah. And the, and they were we were talking about the well, you guys were talking about, but you guys were talking about the side effects mm-hmm. of the drug, which, which was leakage, leakage, and explosive diarrhea. Yeah. And his response to that was. We suggest the participants wear dark pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, well, th- appreciate well, that. That was a great tip. <laughs> All the science that went into that drug, and yeah. you're like, yeah, well, I just put dark pants on. You'll be, yeah. you'll be fine. That's it, exactly what this is. It, it just, you know, the thing I want to talk to Quincy about this mm. too. Um, next time we have him on, this whole thing with the electric cars. You know, they're talking about it's it's a chicken and an egg thing too. Because they're trying to decide whether or not they need to spend billions of dollars putting out charging stations, building charging stations, before they sell thousands of these cars. Or do you wait until the cars are sold and then you make the billions in investment for the charging stations? And they're also looking to you know whittle it down to eventually maybe 15 to 20 minutes, which to me is still way too long. If you're on a road trip... Uh, you know, maybe once or twice you'll need 15 or 20 minutes to go to the bathroom, get something to eat, and put ca- gas in the car. But to have to stop every 200 miles and and charge the car for 20 minutes, it, it seems to me it will make more sense to have battery exchange locations as opposed to charging stations. So rather than charge the battery, you simply pull into a garage they take it out or you take it out. I don't know how easy it is to do. And and they give you another fully charged battery. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I don't know if we're at the point where the technology to remove one of these batteries is all that simple. You know, yeah, if I don't it, know. If it were like, uh, you know, moving like a like a propane tank from a gas grill, that would be one thing. Right. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a good question for Quincy because, mm. you know, all these states want to hop aboard in this bandwagon of, you know, you can't sell anything but an electric uh, you know, vehicle by a certain year. Right. I don't think we're even close to being ready for that. No, of course not. Well, I just don't understand why we haven't come up with some other kind of fuel that's not oil. Or- well, the thing is, we have over the years. I mean, there have been steam engines that have been you know, used for cars. And the problem is oil is so politicized that these mm. patents have been squashed over years. That's bogus. It is bogus because, you know, there's so much money in oil, you know, internationally that the, the, the politics of using it is uh, is impossible to ignore. So even these mandates of, you know, switching over to electric vehicles by 2031 or whatever the hell the, the date is, you know, it's not realistic. No, not against big oil. Uh, two moms pulled out their guns during an argument outside of a Missouri elementary school during drop-off Tuesday morning. Nobody was hurt during the incident in the parking lot at McNair Elementary School, according to a press release from the district. The parents involved have been identified, and the district is taking swift action. Police said it started when one of the parents cut off another in the drop-off lanes. Oh, you know what? That would make me angry enough. To to, to Mm -hmm. shoot somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Not shoot somebody, but pull a gun at least. Yeah. Yeah. One of the moms walked to the car of the other woman to apologize, saying it was an accident. Uh, the argument then became heated, and the woman inside the car pulled out a gun. Mom outside the vehicle says, I got one for you, too, and goes to retrieve her firearm. Oh, no. Yeah, the argument right. ended at that point. The moms dropped off their children and left the property. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm listening, as I do sometimes, to an article yesterday from the New York Times about crime rising in, in certain cities. And they're doing, the way they're doing the story is they're actually giving you the details of particular shootings. Here's what happened here. Here's what happened here. There was one that happened in Chicago. A woman shot her 12-year-old son uh, because she believed he stole the memory card out of, I don't even remember what, some electronic. And, um, and then she left the house. She left the house for a while. I forget what she went and did, and I don't know how long she was gone for. She comes back to the house. The kid is still on the floor. He's injured. He's shot, but he's injured. He's, uh, he's alive for the moment because she asks him a second time where the memory card is. He still says he doesn't know because he probably doesn't. And she shoots him the second time and kills him. That is the worst game of who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. <laughs> well, when you only have one player, it's <laughs> well, going to be a little who difficult. Who stole too. the cookies from the cookie jar? Yeah. You? <laughs> Not me. me. Not me. Couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and of uh, When I was listening to this story yesterday, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I talk about this tomorrow, I hope this is what Bax and Steve do. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> listen, we like to surprise you. Uh, students are barking and dressing like dogs at a northern Kentucky school, causing a distraction in the classrooms, and officials are blaming TikTok. In a statement uh, posted to its social media pages, uh, officials with Camp Ernst Middle School uh, said in Kentucky said the uh, they are noticing an uptick in tra- TikTok trends in the classroom, causing a distraction. Officials say that students are being encouraged to destroy the soap dispenser in school bathrooms, as well as making animal noises towards each other, specifically barking. In class. Yeah. This Mm. soap dispenser thing is ridiculous. There's all of these kids are posting these videos of them ripping the soap dispensers off of every, out of every bathroom that they're in. Right. All taking videos of themselves and identifiable shots. Not identifiable by shots, but, uh, you know, holding the camera and then knocking the thing off the Mm. wall or, or whatever. It's just like, what the hell? People got to use that. People got to wash their hands from time to time. These are the same kids that are eating uh, Tide Pods. Yes, and, and, it is. And spoons full of cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids are always going to be idiots. Why don't these kids just climb milk crates like normal kids do? Yeah. yeah. I'd and build them a milk crate tower. So the school says, uh, knock it off. Yeah. What's your problem? Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today uh, going to be rainy with a high of 76. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 76. It's 65 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Matthew has always been a go-getter. MS hasn't stopped him because his care team at Trinity Health of New England has made sure of it. The one and Black Sabbath on Rock 102. You know, I got to tell you, uh, for my money, uh, David Geddes, I believe, uh, was the most popular one uh, when he came out and sang Run, Joey, Run. You remember yeah, that song? I, I do. Oh, I wow. That was a great one. Celebrate uh, David Geddes' entire catalog. Uh-huh. Uh, on the phone this right now is uh, Dennis Murphy. He's the uh, the chairman of the William, William J. Boyle Scholarship Fund. It's a really cool event coming up on uh, Saturday, October 2nd. Uh, it's the Run, Billy Run. And uh, Dennis is on the phone with us right now. Good morning, See, there, Dennis. There's the tie-in right yeah, there. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, good. Good, good Dennis. How you been? I'm doing thank you. I'm not sure. I think you gave me a promotion. I'm not sure if I'm the chairman or just one of many on that board. But well, thank you. listen, oh, I don't mind elevating you just a little bit. Uh, you're one of the board members. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Are you also one of the runners? 
Uh, well, you know, I, ironically, I'm going to give it a go. So we'll see how we'll see how we fare. Oh yeah, all right. That's well, you, not too bad. You can uh, also walk in this thing too. But 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 first of all, let's let's talk about yeah. the uh, the scholarship fund because it's it's I think it's uh, it's very interesting. And of course, uh, you know we you know we all knew uh, Judge Boyle pretty well. So tell us about what the uh, the scholarship fund is all about. So the scholarship fund was was set up uh, to to honor the life, obviously, of Bill Boyle, uh, who spent his life advocating for Springfield, lived here his whole life, an avid runner. Um, uh, actually, he became an avid runner later in life, watching his kids' sports. He decided to set it rather than sit around it, he would run. But um, as I think people know, you know, Bill had a uh, a very high profile in the city of Springfield and did an awful lot. So his friends and family and the community are, have put together the Run Billy Run, which is going to be Saturday, October second, at 11 a.m. at Ashley Reservoir, which is up in Holyoke. It was one of Bill's favorite uh, places, probably his favorite place to run. It is a 5K road race and a one-mile walk, but we want to emphasize uh, to the point you were just making that any out-of-shape person or anyone who wants to come up there and just be a slug and eat and drink and have a great time with people, we want them there. <laughs> and, and, and Billy would have liked it that way, too. Yeah, sure. And the uh, the irony the irony being you know, the extra uh, publicity right now happening because of the court building that uh, he may have possibly contracted his uh, health issues from um, – is I'm looking I'm looking at the website. I don't know how much you have to do with the website, but I'm seeing something on this that's kind of interesting. I've never seen this before. Participant tracking is this is this something like if you know if you have a friend who's in the race, you can actually keep track of where they are during the race, or is this a post race uh, standing? So you're, you're talking to the least techno- technologically yeah, advanced that. person in the world, but, <laughs> we, but we are partnered. We, we do have uh, Run 413 doing that, so I believe that oh. there probably is a tracking system. So they're they're helping us put the event together. So I I think that's probably likely, but I would defer to uh, uh, to others on that one. Okay, this is uh, Dennis Murphy on the phone. This the uh, the scholarship itself is, and correct me if I've got this wrong. It's awarded to a student at uh, at, at Putnam High School who will then be attending uh, Springfield Technical Community College later on. And, uh, I mean, th- that's kind of the track that uh, that Judge Boyle followed too, right? Oh, that's exactly it. So Bill, Bill went to Putnam. Um, in fact, he, he really should have been the class valedictorian. You know, Many of us knew Billy as kind of a jovial, easygoing guy, but uh, many of us failed to recognize how smart he was. I, I didn't learn until many, many years in life that, Bill had actually been accepted. He was raised by a single mom. His father died when he was like six or seven years old. Mm. And his mother somehow pulled off what we call the Irish trifecta of raising a priest, a doctor, and a lawyer uh, all on her own. Wow. Um, And uh, he went to uh, Putnam. Uh, He had the highest GPA, but apparently if he played a varsity sport, there was one other person that played varsity sport, and he was the uh, class valedictorian. But Billy was accepted actually at Dartmouth. So an Ivy League school, and um, you know, at the end of the day, didn't have the money to go there. That's how we ended up at Stick, and so that educational climb became very, very important to him. So he ended up at Stick, and then Western New England, then on to law school, and then on to the city council, city council president, and then the presiding judge. You know, in, in a long, uh, illustrious career at the courthouse. You know, I went to Stick too, and I can't even get a job judging a soapbox derby. What does that tell judge. you? Yeah. So. <laughs> So the the race itself, people can go uh, to the website runsignup.com to find out to you know, how to how to sign up. But there's but there's a a five k and there's a one mile walk, right? There is, and 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 I'm very serious. If people if people don't feel that they have the ability to do that, we we this is really a social event. You know, if you're if you're a good runner, that's great too. But 
this is about celebrating, uh, you know, the, the good parts of Bill's life and his legacy. And they can they can do that by going to Run Billy Run. You can Google Run Billy Run 2021, which is probably the easiest, or you can go to WJB Scholarship, which is his initials. And uh, we also just wanted to take one minute to thank. Uh, so well, let me go back for a minute. So there's a the, the, there's the race, there's the walk, cookout. So there's all kinds of food uh, to go with this music. DJs, American Medical Response, one of our sponsors, has the kids ambulance there for the kids to play with. Boomer from the Thunderbirds. Uh, I think two really cool things. We have the state police helicopter doing the flyover and the state police pipes and drums uh, doing the performance. So it's just a fun event, and we want to thank the sponsors and the community for sponsoring it. Of course, our lead sponsor, the Student Prince Restaurant, and American Medical Response is one of our platinum sponsors in the law office of of Dan Kelly. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just meant to be a fun day and meant to have some laughs at a time when people are still stressing out. Very good, Dennis. Thanks. Awesome. We appreciate the time, and best of luck on the second. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the help. Sure. You bet. Ten- Dennis Murphy with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Save yourself 30% at the 